the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Decisions. Our life is filled with them. How do you handle decisions? Let's talk about that next. More often than not, I think we find ourselves feeling like we are flying by the seat of our pants, right? Especially when it comes to decision-making. How are you when it comes to decision-making? Feel like you're pretty good at it? Maybe you feel like you struggle with it. Today's program is just for you. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. We'll take a look at decisions and how we best go about making them. We'll find ourselves in Joshua chapter 14 today, one of the great decision-makers of all time, right? Here now to help us understand decisions that we face from a godly perspective, our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, with this edition of Times of Refreshing. It doesn't matter what kind of giants, it doesn't matter what, what is coming in your way, what kind of opposition you have. If God says it's yours, that means that it's what? Yours. Let me share something with you that I haven't shared with a lot of people. You know, we just went through a, a, a rough building uh, deal. Okay, rough. Our building sat over there for over a year empty. And, you know, I walk in there and I look around and, you know, it was halfway done. And in the first month I walked in there, I was like, oh, praise God. This is great. Oh, man, it's not going to be too long. We're going to be on there. Well, praise the Lord. Look at this. I can't wait till this gets there. And then about six months into it, I was like, oh, praise God. This is good. This is praising Lord. Praise God. And then I got to a place about nine months into it, fellas, where I would drive by the building. And I wouldn't stop and go in. I just get off on the airway. I make a right, and I just go by the airport. And I look. I look. I could see it through the field over there, and I'm like, praise God. And then I can remember what God told me. He said, that's, that's my building. You're going to get in that building. And sometimes these eyes can blind you from those eyes. And I can remember, I can remember getting my getting my mind right i remember starting to see again not with these eyes but with his eyes and said that's the you know what and i would talk to my wife i said i don't care what happened god told me that's our building right there are you sure yeah that's what god told me he keeps on telling me i can't even sleep at night i'm trying to go to bed he told me that's our building and guys what i'm saying to you is this don't let these eyes blind you if god said he means what he said but you got to know that you know this is what God said. But you can't find out that this is what God said if you're sitting in front of the TV all day. We can't find out what God said if we're out there at the pool hall with our homeboys all day. We're going to find out what God says when we get in his word, get down on our knees, and begin to consecrate, get before God, and get around people who know what God is saying. And so it was, and so I would drive by there and then God began to say, this is my, what did I tell you? I'm not changed. I didn't change what I said. And did we get in the building? Why? Because God said, can I have an amen? 
And, and we, have to be con- we have to be content with that. No matter where you're at in your life, there's some people in here, and I know this, for, for all of us in some ways, where you're, you're at one of those moments when you know what this is just what God said. Doesn't look like he said it, but this is what he said. And for all of us, we've got to grasp this because this is the crux of everything that we're getting ready to discuss in this chapter. Number one, it was God's inspiration. Number two, God said it. And so we skip down over to verse 25 and we pick up this story. And this is where we're really going to get into the meat of all this, this message here. Verse 25 on down to 29. Look at this. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and he said and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, he says here, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and uh, along the banks, he says, of the Jordan. And I want to stop here because this is the thing that I, I drew from this passage of, of Scripture right here. And I think it's important. Just write down the word false vision. False vision. False vision generally comes into our lives. We develop this, like I said, when we begin to, do, to, to focus too much on these eyes and we lose sight of God's eyes. And it's clear from these verses that the land was good. And they said that the land was good. The geography was good, but the population was bad. That which inhabited the land was bad. And what happens to all of us is we, have, we must discern to never allow the people to push you away from God's purpose. Because, And I want to say this because the land may be good, but we get so consumed with the people that we allow them to push us away from God's purpose. And so it is very clear that they begin to develop a false vision, meaning I'm focusing on that. God never said that the people were going to be good. He said the land was going to be good. He never said that you're, he never said that you're, that the people on your job were going to be good. But he said, this is the job I want you to work at. But we allow the people on our job to push us away from the place that God has ordained for us. And that becomes the problem. We do that with churches. We do that with marriages. This is the woman that God gave me. And this is the city that we're supposed to live in. And this is the house we're supposed to live in. We let all this stuff push us away from purpose. And I'm saying to all of us here, we got to get our vision right as men. And we can't allow these eyes to take away from because there's always going to be giant circumstances and situations and issues and things that come up in life. And it is just life. But saints, we got to make sure our vision is pure in the midst of this Joshua and Caleb. And I want to focus on Caleb. Caleb is not seeing the same way these guys are seeing. 
because his vision, his vision is tied not to what's going on in the land and who's in the land. It's tied to what did God say and who inspired this journey. And we all have to get back to this place in our life as men. We stop worrying about who's talking about you, who lied on you. What somebody said, what this happened, what that happened. It doesn't matter. And we're changing jobs like we're grasshoppers. We're hopping from here to there based on what somebody's saying. But what did God say? False vision. When we develop a false vision, what happens to us, it leads to this next step. and And it's pretty dangerous. And we have to overcome like these men of God. They did. Look at verse 30 because this is good. He says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. He says, for we are well able to overcome it. And I like this because in Joshua, this is the reason why he got this reward. And this is how he's displaying that he's wholeheartedly following God. Because in the midst of opposition and all the talk and all the chatter, he's making sure that he stays on schedule and stays on task. Why? Because he's allowed his faith to overcome his what? Fears. Write down the word fear. Because this is what happens a lot of times with men. When we start to develop this false vision, then fears begin to consume us. But Joshua, because he was following God wholeheartedly, he didn't allow his fears to overtake him or even the fears that were trying to be projected upon him from other people. He stayed in a mode of faith. And one of the things that I wrote down here when we're looking at this, I said, I said he overcomes his fears And I like this by speaking with faith. And I think this is one of the big problems that we have sometimes, especially as men. We see this sometimes in worship. We see this sometimes in meetings. I see this a lot of times. Listen, guys, God has not called us to stand and hide behind our wives. You know, I I watch this and and I'm just going to give you guys a secret. When I come into a meeting and I sit down and I sit down with couples I watch it every time. Who's who's going to lead? And I don't say much, but I just listen. Because it tells you a lot. It tells me a little bit about the dynamic of the house. Well, you know, I'm here and blah, 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 and da, 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 and he, da, 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 and the guy just sat in there. And what I'm saying to all of us is, is, is men, that's not how God is designed this thing. When God came to to Adam in the garden, he didn't call for his wife. Can I have an amen? amen? He called for him. He said, Adam, where are you? And what I'm saying is God, and I love this about God. And this, you, you consider the law of first things. You have his first dialogue going on when there's an issue. And God, he stays, he stays within his own design. He doesn't go to her first. He comes to him. He said, hey, you come here, man. You're supposed to be leading your family. What, what's going on here? And what I'm saying is, is sometimes as men, we, we, we won't say that we're afraid, but we're not willing to step up. And, and this man is aligning himself for an inheritance that's way down the line. Why? Because he's chosen to wholeheartedly, he's made a decision to wholeheartedly follow God, even in the midst of some of the, 
the projection of fear that's going on all around them. And I think it's same, the same thing for us. We've got to start looking at our eye, ourselves in the mirror and look ourselves in the eye and say, man, I need to step up and be a man. And being a man means I'm going to start speaking. He stops and he says, listen. And he says it very clearly. He says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome. That's faith talking. And far be it from any of us as men that we allow our wives to be the spiritual spokesmen's spokesmen person for our house for every issue for everything that's going in our life we have to step up and start taking the bull by the horn because we were built to do this can i have an amen we're built to do this now i respect my wife's voice and i thank god for my wife she has a lot of wisdom but at the end of the day god's gonna ask me what did i do and i'm not just talking about as a husband and a wife but i'm talking about also maybe you're in this room you're not married but at the same time you have to step up and start speaking and for us it's important that we do this because faith speaks faith talks faith says we can take this land faith said that's god said that's our building Faith said, this is where God said we're going to live. God said, this is where we're going to have our house. This is the school we're going to put our kids in. God says, this is what we're going we're gonna to drive. God said, this is what we're going to do. This is, God said, this is how he's going to break us through. This is what God is saying. This is what we're going to do. But for a lot of guys, it's a shame. We sit back and we, our wives are doing that. Can I preach to y'all tonight? Because this is about being wholeheartedly before God. It wasn't that he was sitting down, prostrate on the floor. It was he's showing that he's wholeheartedly following God because he's willing to speak in faith in the midst of opposition. And there are moments in your life and in my life as men when our back is against the wall and our wives need to hear us not crying on their shoulder. Honey, we're not going to make it. Well, honey, you know you need to believe God. I know. But I just don't know. I think I know. I thought I knew. But then I don't know. And our wives is trying to convince us. Well, honey, you need to get your head up. Come on, baby. You can make it. And it's like mama. You know, we, we allowing our wives to treat us like mama used to treat us. Come on, Pookie. You can make it. Can I preach this tonight? And so what happens is, but we have to learn to start. Listen, our wives weren't built for that in the sense that they can only take so much of that they need a man to say honey i'm leading you let's go y'all behind us the women and children get behind us let's go that god would send the men out to battle and for us as men we have to stop and start raising our voices at church you should be the one praising god next to your wife you should be the one when we start praying i'm praying for us let's go God's about to move in here. You should be the one looking at your kids and when they come in crying or something's going on, when you grab them and lay hands on them and start speaking faith over them. I think I'm crazy, Dad. No, you're not. The devil is a lie. Come over here. We, not, come on, go have, have your mom pray for you. Can I preach this today? It's kind of quiet in here. I know brothers is looking around. But we, hey, listen, we, we good. You know what I mean? We're going to be all right tonight. But we overcome by, by faith speak, faith talk. Open your mouth, men. Let your voice be heard. 
Now, let me say this to y'all, and I'm going to move on from this point, but I want to say, you may not know everything in this Bible. You know about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. You know you saved. You know you got the Spirit of God in your life. God didn't, he didn't say that you're the, the head of your house because you know every book in the Bible. He built you to do that. Now, we got to be wise and get counsel and different things like that when we don't know things. But what I'm saying is, fellas, we have to step up and start speaking. Start speaking. Be the mouthpiece in your home. Can I have an amen? Now, let's close this out here in verse 31 and on to 33 because this is a great point. He says here in verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. Which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. He says there we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. A couple things from this passage of scripture. I just want you to write down the word, the word self-preservation. You know, this is interesting because at first they never said anything about the land being bad. But the more their vision got off and the more fear began to creep in, the more they, be, they begin to get distorted in their view. First, it was just the giants. But then in this passage, he starts to talk about how they said the land devours people. It wasn't the land that devoured anyone. They brought back great fruit. They saw that God had blessed and this is what God had declared. And so what happens is there's a subtle negativity that comes in that's rooted in self-preservation that tries to push us away from purpose and destiny so that we can protect ourselves from potential hurt, harm, and danger. And for all of us here, we have to be very, very careful as men. Because if you're seeking to save your life, then you're going to lose it. But if you're willing to, if need be, if God is asking you to to lay your life on the the line, then you're going to activate God's grace in your life and you're going to find true essence of life. Self-preservation will destroy you. And this is what happens. These guys start envisioning the giant's. They start envisioning, now they're saying the land, when they didn't have a bad report of the land at first. And now everything is magnified, and what they're seeing becomes greater than what God has said. And now they're in a position where they're just thinking about how they can protect themselves, not knowing that they're getting ready to hurt themselves. And I think for us as men, this is so important that we, that we, we grasp this point. If when we start reasoning out of self-preservation, the devil's getting ready to trap you. If the only thing you can think about is how can I preserve myself, then the devil is getting ready to take you out. And self-preservation, it causes us to see things that really aren't there, to magnify things that really aren't there. And it starts to get us to this place, and this is what I want to close with, That is very dangerous. Look at verse 33. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. When you begin to see yourself wrong. Whether you realize it or not. People are going to start seeing you wrong. 
When you stop seeing yourself as a man and as a leader of your home and as someone that's called, then, then it's no mistake that your wife's going to stop seeing you like that. When you stop seeing yourself as gifted and called and chosen to be on this job and to walk around with the grace and the anointing on your life, knowing that this is my inheritance, God brought me here. And I'm not saying being arrogant or prideful, but just being confident, knowing that God, you open the door that no man can shut and you'll shut a door that no man can open. And if you have me, me here, there's no need for me to sit around crying and whining and with my head down. I need to walk as though, God, you placed me here. And when I do this, what happens? Then people begin to see a difference in you. There's a confidence that comes over you. When you know that this is something that God did. This is something that God made happen. And until you get that in your mind, and I get that in my mind, then why do you, how are we, are we expecting for other people to see it in us? He said, because... We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. They see us as grasshoppers. Because I don't walk around as the head of my house. My kids don't respect me as the head of my house. Because I walk around the church like, you know, man, what, where's the confidence, man? You said you want to leave worship and you're walking in the church with your head down. I want to leave worship. Can I leave worship? Man, walk in, man. I believe God can use me. I mean, when y'all timing, go ahead and go through your timing. But, man, I'm just telling you, man, I believe God did something in my life. Well, praise God. But what happens is what you're seeing here is a form of false humility that God's not going to honor. And he's not going to honor us as men. And I, and I want to say this, men, but it's all rooted in this self-preservation. And for us as men, we have to break this power because at the heart of it all, when we looked at the book of Joshua and we saw Caleb going to get his inheritance from Joshua and reminding him of what God said. He said that God had saw that he had followed him wholeheartedly. And the, and the, and the statement comes from this particular situation where he's willing to overcome and confront every form of false vision that these other men around him have. He's willing to overcome and confront the fears that he's struggling with and dealing with and having in a fight as he's coming back, bringing forth testimony that's trying to be projected on him from these men. And then he's willing to overcome any form of self-preservation and he's willing to put his life on the line, not just for his own sake, before a generation that's needing him to step up and do his job. And, I, and that's, what, that's the essence of wholeheartedly. We can't say wholeheartedly if we're not willing to overcome our fears. If we're not willing to overcome self-preservation. If we're not willing to overcome false vision. Because something else is in our hearts that's not pure. Something else is in our hearts that's blocking us. And so wholeheartedly, it's not what's in our heart isn't filled Because there's some other stuff there. And tonight, I believe God, he's looking for us to simply, with our hearts, make a decision. That tonight, Pastor Kaufman, I want to make a commitment to God that I am going to lead my house. Regardless of opposition in my house. That I am going to be a a blessing in my church. That I am going to be who I'm supposed to be on my job. 
that I am going to be the man that God's asking me. I'm not going to hide behind this and hide behind my father wasn't there. Hide behind my mama didn't do this. Hide behind my cousin said that. Hide behind and have all these excuses about how many giants I got in my life. The question is, did God, is he inspiring you? Did he say that this is your inheritance? And men, all Caleb did is when he came back, he said, well, these guys are making a decision to be fearful and self-preservation. I'm making a decision that I'm going to walk in faith. And this belongs to me and these people. And so when I drive by this building, God said, that's it. When I drive by on the job, God said, this is it. With our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, you're listening to Times of Refreshing. We trust and pray today's program has encouraged you in grace. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, maybe you'd like to review today's message again on CD, please contact us toll-free at 800-374-9204. That's 800 374 9204. If you're writing to us, you can reach us at Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. As you remember Times of Refreshing and this ministry, would you please remember that we are listener-supported? Simply put, that means we rely on you, our listening family, to continue to help support this broadcast not just prayerfully, but financially as well. So would you prayerfully consider how you might get involved with the ministry as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ here on this, your station? We would greatly appreciate it. Reach us again at 800-374-9204 or write to us at Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You can also find more information online at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. 